This is The Guardian. I'm Gabrielle Jackson, coming to you from Daragland, and this is The Full Story. The Bureau is today declaring that an El Nino event is underway in the Pacific Ocean. The Bureau of Meteorology has officially declared an El Nino weather event for the summer ahead. Climate scientists say they've never seen anything like this year's event, which takes place over the Pacific Ocean and is the world's most consequential climate driver. And as the mercury rises across the country, with multiple areas experiencing hotter-than-average temperatures, we've seen the first total fire bans of the season come into place. With temperatures to stay in the 30s for at least another three days. It's the first time in three years there's been a total fire ban in Sydney. And now both regional and urban communities are being urged to prepare for the summer ahead, which is likely to be the most significant bushfire season since the Black Summer fires. Today, how to prepare for the bushfire season ahead. It's Wednesday, the 20th of September. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Callum Walquist, you are Deputy Rural and Regional Editor here at Guardian Australia. Oh, hi. Tell me about where you live. Do you want a carrot? That was fairly dramatic. This explains the sweat, I think. We've got a very small property. I'm not even sure if I'd call it a farm. Um, on the edge of the Macedon Ranges with our horses, Mickey, Rev and Sport. You good, Mick? Um, we've been here for just coming up on two years. Are you worried about the upcoming bushfire season? I am. This will be our first um, proper summer since moving to this area. We had the two wet years, but this is the year that we've begun preparations. We are buying a horse float so we can evacuate our horses in the event of a fire. We're also uh, have already begun our property cleanup, cleaning up the tree lots, cleaning up the gutters and all of that work. We did a bit of that last year, but I have to say we were probably a bit complacent because we knew it wasn't going to be a bad season. So you weren't that worried last year, but we've just had our warmest winter on record and now we're in the midst of a spring heat wave. Are you a bit more worried this year? What can we expect from the bushfire season coming up? 
I am a bit more worried this year because we've had such a dry start to spring and you can already see the grass starting to dry off in a lot of parts of Australia, not quite where I am in central Victoria, but in northern New South Wales and throughout the Northern Territory and Queensland, it is already drying off quite a lot. And Rural Network freelancer Emily Middleton has reported um, that the RFS and the Country Fire Authority in Victoria have already reported twice as many fires for the winter season as they would normally get at that time of year. So we have had three wet La Nina years. Will this season be as bad as the Black Summer bushfires that we had over 2019-2020? No, but it will be the worst year that we've had since the 2019-2020 bushfires. The Australasian um, Fire Authorities Council, or AFAC, forecast an increased risk um, of a number of significant bushfires across parts of eastern Australia, particularly in northern parts of eastern Australia. Um, They're all forecast to face an increased fire risk this year because of that combination of a really high fuel load and a hot and dry start to spring. Mm. The difference between this year and this time in 2019, is that 2019 was the hottest year on record. We were coming off a drought. We were also coming off a run of some of the hottest years on record in Australia. Eight of the 10 hottest years on record were between 2013 and 2020. So the landscape was incredibly dry. Mm. We're now coming off three wet La Nina years with the complication of a dry and warm spring. So there's a lot of fuel and it is rapidly drying, but it is not the same sort of level of dryness as we experienced going into 2019. You've mentioned high fuel loads. Can you tell me what you mean by that? A high fuel load basically just means that there's a lot of grass, shrubs, sticks, burnable vegetation in the landscape. If you think about when you start a fire, like start a campfire, the kind of stuff that you put in as you're trying to get the fire going is the kind of fuel that is counted in a high fuel load. The dryness of the fuel is really significant for that as well. So in recent years, we've had quite a lot of growth. Mm. If that now dries out, then it becomes a high fuel load. And the amount of fuel and the dryness of the fuel is one of the things that firefighters look at when they consider whether or not something is going to be an extreme or catastrophic fire danger day. It's not just the weather conditions. It's also about the volume and moisture content of the fuel in the environment. You mentioned earlier that the risk is a little bit different to the places that burnt last year. What places are at risk and are there Australians who wouldn't normally worry that should be worried this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, Grass fires is a really big risk this year around the Hunter Valley, parts of northern New South Wales, areas like the Darling Downs in Queensland because they've had a lot of high fuel load. They're now entering into sort of a drought state, but they've still got a lot of that sort of almost standing hay around. So that's a really significant risk. It's also a really high risk in peri-urban areas that may not have burnt in 2019, 2020, particularly around areas like the Sydney Basin, housing estates or new housing developments are coming right up against and sometimes into bushland. So it's around the northern beaches in Sydney, around northern and northeastern fringes of Melbourne, up the Darling Scarp in Perth. It's a gorgeous place to live, but as you can imagine, it's in summer a bit of a worrying spot to be. So given all these dire warnings we've heard, how are you preparing for the summer? 
We have been attempting to manage our fuel loads around our tree lots, um, begun the process of cleaning out our gutters, all the things that you're meant to do if you live in a high-risk bushfire area, which is clean your gutters, get rid of any long-standing grass, clean up any fallen branches or twigs. We also cut hay um, every year, which will reduce our bushfire risk, but we've already been thinking about what paddocks we graze in order to protect our property from the north and the west, which are the highest risk directions for a fire. Mm. And I've begun speaking to the local authorities about where we might evacuate in our particular region, what the best place to go is if you have livestock. So we talked about at the beginning that, you know, you grew up on a farm and you still live on one. How has the way you prepare for bushfires changed over those years? It's both changed so much and not at all. The work to do to prepare your property is the same, but the plan for the day is totally different. Growing up, you didn't leave. You stayed to defend. And that's a policy that got really heavily promoted through television ads. I don't know if you recall, there used to be these TV ads with um, little cartoons that looked like the Life Be In It cartoons explaining that it was the safest place to be in the event of a bushfire was your own house. And that came up after the Ash Wednesday fires where a significant number of the people who died actually died in their vehicles attempting to flee the fire at the last minute. But Black Saturday really changed the way that this messaging um, was rolled out because in Black Saturday, around sort of central Victoria, around King Lake, Marysville, some in Gippsland, 173 people died. The fire was so hot, the amount of energy released on February 7, 2009, the Royal Commission heard was equivalent to 1,500 atomic bombs. It was enough energy to power the state of Victoria for a year. Wow. It was completely unsurvivable levels of heat. So what is the advice now? How has it changed? Black Saturday is the reason that we have a catastrophic fire danger rating and it was kind of the the first instance of the new kind of fires that we have now experienced a couple of times in different states and it's just a totally different beast to the kind of fires that we had pre-Black Saturday. Mm. We now have a new fire rating system that came in place after the 2019-2020 fires. It's simplified. There's only four levels, moderate fire risk, high fire risk, extreme and catastrophic. So, Kala, when should you leave? When you should leave depends on your individual property, where it is, um, and also how well prepared both the property is and you are. In general terms, in catastrophic, the advice is you would leave ahead of time. The general advice around a catastrophic bushfire rating is that it's not if a fire will start, but where. A fire will start somewhere within that region. It's just luck if it's near you or not. So the advice is to get out at the start of the day or the night before. And in an extreme fire danger day, the advice is still to leave if you're property is likely to be under threat of fire. Mm. And that's why it kind of depends on on the property that you're in because if you, for example, if you live on a windy road with a lot of trees overhanging the road, you would have to leave earlier because those trees could fall down in high winds, the visibility could become an issue. So it is a bit of an individual case. Mm. You can often go to your local volunteer fire brigade and ask them these questions. It's never a bad idea if you live in a regional or a peri-urban area to just say, you know, hey, what's it like here on a really bad fire danger day and I live on this road? What do you recommend? 
next. How to make a bushfire survival plan. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Kala, you asked me if I remember those ads. I don't because I was, I'm was i a bit of a city slicker, but I have moved to the country like many other people since COVID and um, I'm not feeling very prepared. The RFS have had some open days, which we went to last weekend in the Blue Mountains, but I'm pretty scared. Any advice? You are not alone. A lot of people moved to the regions or to peri-urban areas um, in the past three years due to COVID, just due to lifestyle changes. So there's like thousands of Australians who are now facing their first proper bushfire season. It is very scary. The best advice is to begin your preparation now. You want to mm-hmm. do your bushfire preparation while it's the grass is still green and the soil is still soggy. Emily Middleton, who writes for the Rural Network, spoke to a bunch of Australian fire chiefs, and they all recommended that people just do the simple parts of preparation now. Start mowing and tidying up your lawn. Start tidying around the house. Move the wood pile, if you have that at the back door from winter, away from your back door. This is all. A lot of this advice, by the way, is good things to do because it also will reduce your snake risk around the house. It does double duty. Okay, okay. (laughs) You've convinced me. (laughs) But it's really look around your property and think, what is it that if a fire is approaching is going to cause me to panic and clear it up mm-hmm. now? So there's a pile of sticks that you've been meaning to get rid of. If there's a pile of um, mulch or compost. If there are, is grass growing underneath your house, clear it back. 
so that if a fire approaches, it can't get underneath the eaves or underneath the floorboards as best you can. We have been advised to do a bushfire survival plan. How do I make one? Bushfire survival plans are very individual things, depending on whether you choose to stay and defend or your plan is to leave and when your plan is to leave, whether you have children or people who have high needs, you're going to have a different plan. The RFS has a really helpful website called uh, myfireplan.com.au, which prompts you to go through and answer these questions and make your fire plan. It's particularly good. I really like it because if you say that you don't know what you're doing, it gives you very (laughs) um, simple and direct advice about how early to evacuate. I have to admit that's probably my plan, (laughs) evacuate. It is the safest plan because the thing that I think people need to consider if they've never been in a bushfire before or even if they have been in sort of a lower level fire or near a fire is that being in a bushfire is like terrifying. Mm. People think that a fire front is just something that passes through There was an analogy used in the Black Saturday Royal Commission that people think a fire is something that is like a wave that comes over them and you just watch the fire go. But the actual experience of being in the fire front because of a period of ember attack and then pockets that remain burning and then fire that's whirling around, you can be within the fire front itself for several hours. It is physically gruelling to continue fighting for that long. You need probably much more water than you think you do. And you need to be a really fit person. You're wearing full cotton drill, like in, in your full PPE, in extreme heat. One of the main ways that people die in fires is from a heart attack due to heat exhaustion. It is absolutely terrifying. And it's not just the physical task of having to fight during a fire. There's an Ivan fire in 2017 went through an area that a lot of I have a lot of family around in the Upper Hunter. And um, my great aunt and uncle live on a property that had a brick house with not a lot of fuel around it and they chose to remain during the fire. When, (laughs) I'm going to cry talking about this, when the fire went through, it's so scary that my great aunt, who was in her 80s, her husband had to lie on top of her in the bathtub to stop her from running out. (laughs) It's... I am crying so much, I didn't expect you, but it's really scary and I think people don't think about that side of it. People just think, am I physically ready? Is my property prepared? But one of the questions you need to ask yourself if your plan is to stay and defend is, am I emotionally able to cope with that? Because mm. it's terrifying. And one of the ways that people die in fires is that they think we'll be okay and then they're in the middle of it and then they think yeah. we're not okay and they get in the car to leave And that's the last decision they make. Were your great aunt and uncle okay, Carla? Yeah, they got through it. They were okay. So we've, you know, people remember Black Summer. We've just watched people experience a disastrous summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Heat waves, bushfires. What needs to be done to navigate our way through this summer? And is being prepared enough in a climate crisis? There are kind of limits to the preparation that you can do as the bushfire conditions get worse. That doesn't mean Mm. that you shouldn't be as prepared as humanly possible, but that is why we do things like change the plan from staying and defending to leaving. That's why in Victoria there's laws that they can actually 
force people to evacuate from large parts of the state. But I think that the important thing is to just be, just acknowledge that that the circumstances are different, that you may have lived through fires in the past and they're probably not going to be the same as fires that you may face in the future. And that fires like Black Summer are not necessarily anomalies, that we may have these kind of fires again. And we can have quite small fires that, you know, don't get the international media attention that can still be really dangerous. Um, The AFAC chief executive said that it doesn't need to be a Black Summer fire to be dangerous. And he's right. Mm. It's not a matter of being prepared or not prepared. You should try and be as prepared as possible, but you can't you can't out prep the climate crisis. You need to be aware that the circumstances have changed significantly. I rang the previous owners of this house on the weekend and he said, oh, I've been there once when um, a bushfire was coming up the valley and I realised then that the best thing I could do was make my, make sure my insurance is up to date and leave. <laughs> yeah. No, it's one of the reasons that my parents sold their farm. Not the only reason, but one of them was that they they got to a point of having a fundamental disagreement about whether or not they could stay. Mum yeah. came to the view that they just, they shouldn't stay, that they would have to leave. And Dad didn't want to leave. And Mum sort of said that she didn't have the emotional fortitude to stay and she wasn't prepared to leave her husband to burn. So they sold, that was, wasn't the only reason they sold the farm, but it was one of the reasons mum didn't fight to stay because it was going to be really bad. And that's also, like, on a personal note, that's the reason I was able to convince my partner to let me chuck a float on the mortgage because I'm like, I'm not leaving if I can't get the horses out. Yeah. Like I won't, I won't leave them. <laughs> right. And I want him to leave because <laughs> he's got bad asthma and stuff. He can't stick around. Yeah. So I want him to get, like, the dog and the cat and leave. And the only way that I am joining him is if we can bring the horses. Thanks very much for joining us today, Kala. Thanks, Gabs. Do not start, you idiots. (laughs) Yeah, I know, mate, you can't. Sport. Kala Warquist, Guardian Australia's Deputy Rural and Regional Editor. Please check out her piece called Today's Bushfires Are Off the Scale Bad. The only safe option is to leave before they start. You can find it at theguardian.com. Also, please don't forget to follow or subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and also leave a review when you can. It really helps other people find us. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Karishma Luthria. Sound design and original theme music was by Joe Coning. The executive producer is Hannah Parks. I'm Gabrielle Jackson. We'll see you back in the feed tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. 